What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, uh, justice and charity. The list will go on and on and I will spend time with your questions. I will pray with them. I will study and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. However, my disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect. Therefore, my advice that I share with you, that I give to you might not always be good for you. If that's the case, then I wanna give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to conform your life to Jesus Christ. However, if my advice is helpful for you, then I really wanna encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in scripture and in the sacraments so that God can give you the grace that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. On today's show, we're gonna talk about fear and atheism and being holy and single. Uh, but if you want to hit me up with your own questions, you can go to my website, uh, slash ask father Josh. You spell out the word ask, spell out the word father, spell out the word Josh, and you could uh, shoot your questions to me through that source. Um, also, if you want to stay connected with me, you can buy my books, Broken and Blessed, and Pocket God Adoration. And you can also worship God with me and my associate pastor, Father Joseph Wu, every Sunday on the Institute Press Facebook page at 7 o'clock a.m. Central, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Now, before we get into today's topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my, my glory story is this. First of all, my glory story is, is I was able to get up today. So, y'all, I was up. I got like one hour of sleep because, man, mosquitoes down here in Louisiana ain't no joke. Like, those suckers are big and they are, are just ruthless. So last night I was going to bed. <laughs> I said my night prayer and I was going to bed and all of a sudden, like, this mosquito got me on my finger and then my, my hand. So I'm like, I try to swat it. I thought I got it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed now. And then it got me on my other hand. <laughs> Y'all, like, so like the lights are off, so I can't see. So I turn the lights on and I'm like, see, I got more bumps, you know, whatever. And every time I turn the lights off, that, that sucker came back and got me again. It kept me up to four o'clock in the morning, y'all. Four o'clock. I just literally, for I, I'm like trying to find it, can't find it. Might have been a couple of them that were jumping me. And so I finally fell asleep at four, woke up at five, and woke up, turned the light on, and there it was on my wall. It's like looking at me. I got a white wall. So that, that big old mosquito was right there. And I went to slap it to kill it, and he got away. So anyway, so it's still there. And uh, round two uh, is going to happen tonight. And so I'm, I'm going to come prepared, though, tonight. I'm going to come prepared and... uh I'm going to give me some bugs, perhaps some. <laughs> but anyways, my glory story is that what preceded the attack uh, was I had a, just a, a wonderful day of 
of sharing hearts uh, with some of my brothers and sisters in ministry. Um, Andy Lesnevsky from Vagabond Missions was down here. Dr. Ansel Augustine was down here. Chica and Avera and my, my buddy Justin came and hung out me and Micah Parker and Javonda. And, and we were able to pray together and we were able to uh, minister together and share the gospel with each other. And we're working on some pretty cool, exciting things down the line that are going to come out in about um, maybe two months. And uh, I'm just so excited to share the fruit of our of our friendship and the fruit of our prayer with you all. So it was just a gift to be able to uh, walk with people who are intentional disciples of Jesus Christ, who are striving for holiness and who are being used by God in, in profound ways um, to, to be witnesses in this season that we're currently living in. Um, so yeah, so that's my glory story. Just holy friendship preceded the attack of the mosquitoes that I'm clearly making a much bigger deal than it than it really is. But you know, I mean, I it kept me up. But uh so let's just go ahead and get into today's show. <laughs> question comes in from Daniela. Daniela writes this. Hi, Father Josh. Thank you for all that you do. My mom and I love this podcast and you're singing. Okay. Oh, wait, hold up. Let's see what we got. What we got. Um, um, mm, mm. I'm about to try the Deborah Cox challenge. See, no, I'm not. I ain't doing that right now. Uh, for context on my question, I'm a college freshman. And I've discerned that it's not a good time for me to date or go out with anyone at this point in time for a couple of reasons, such as a recent breakup, starting college as a full-time student, and all the uncertainty with coronavirus. Most importantly, I want to enjoy my life, cultivating my relationship with Jesus first and foremost, but whenever I start to feel like doing so is, is possible, I begin to fall into the doubt of feeling like I'm unlovable or like God is holding out on a good relationship for me. I've come to understand how dangerous this thinking is and how I've let a relationship become an idol in my life. That's a great insight. Recognizing this has caused me to wonder, what are some concrete ways to develop my relationship with Jesus and enjoy this season of singleness? I know that this part of my life is here for a reason, and I'm tired of wasting it by worrying about the future. Thank you, Father Josh. I appreciate you, and I'm keeping you in my prayers. Daniela. Great, great question, Daniela. I'm so happy that you are desiring to cultivate your relationship with Jesus Christ in this season of your life, in this season of singleness, um, which we don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, but however long it is, like the Lord wants to use it um, to 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 grow in an intimacy with you. So I would encourage a few things. In Acts 2.42, we hear how the early church devoted themselves to fellowship, to prayer, to worship, and to study. So I would encourage you to first and foremost look at your fellowship. Um, uh, I think now's a great time to try to get plugged into Bible studies, small group discipleship Bible studies. Because of coronavirus, you may not be able to do so in person. You might be able to, though. But if not, do some online Bible studies. Um, also, if you can, fellowship with the poor. Jesus Christ is so close to the poor. And if we want to be able to experience Christ in profound ways, we must be in intentional relationship with those who are who are poor, both 
financially poor. So like, is there a soup kitchen or a woman's shelter or some kind of place in space, a food pantry you could volunteer at? But also those who are lonely, um, those who are, are emotionally struggling right now because of rejection or abandonment or, or um, depression. So maybe look, if you go to Mass and you're able to go to Mass in this season of your life, look for someone who seems to always be by themselves, someone who seems to be alone, and reach out to that person, whether they're an elderly person, a widow, or a young person. Um, and then um, have fellowship with brothers and sisters who can hold you accountable to working out. I think it's super important that we remain healthy, um, and we can't take care of the soul while neglecting the body. The body is the vehicle for the soul. So if we want to have good prayer, which I'm going to talk about next, then we really need to be in a good space physically um, in good place as well. The next thing I encourage you to do is to look at your prayer and find out what works for you in this season. Uh, every season is going to change. But in this season, what works for you? Is it praise music? Is it gospel music? Is it praying with chant? Is it Lexio Divina, the sacred scriptures? Is it imaginative prayer with the sacred scriptures? Is it sitting in silence before the Blessed Sacrament and Eucharistic adoration? Like, what is the form of prayer that works for you in this season of your life? Whatever that is, um, stick to it for a number of months. The way that you discern what's the best prayer for you is by looking for virtue. While practicing Lexio Divina for two months, do you grow in, in patience and kindness and gentleness? If so, then stick with it. Maybe if you're not, then move to another form of prayer, like imaginative prayer or, or contemplative prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. But you got to find out what, what works for you. Then I want to encourage you to study, both by reading the, the, the catechism, uh, by studying the early church fathers, by studying the lives of the saints, um, and by just being faithful to the present moment, right? You're a student. So be attentive and intentional with your studies of school, which means if you pay attention to your classes, if you pay attention to that which you're reading, even if you don't like it, that's going to affect your ability to pray better. And that's going to affect your ability to be more aware of your surroundings and attentive to the person in front of you because you were attentive to your studies. The way that we study affects the way that we pray. The way that we pray affects the way that we live our life in relationships with other people. Uh, and finally, most importantly, just continue to prioritize worship, whether it's online um, or in person in this season of your life. Uh, because that's what the early church, that's what they did, right? Also, if you, yeah, so I would say, no, I'm, I'm going to keep it right there. That, I think that's simple for this season right now to just focus on on that right now. And then we're not going to worry about, about the next season to come and what that's going to look like and when that's going to happen because God's ways are not our ways. God's plan is different from our plan. So that's my advice to you, Daniela. Uh, focus on Acts 2.42. All right, next question comes in from Dave. Dave writes about this. With the book of Emmanuel for Creating an Atheist becoming popular, what responses can we give if someone approaches us and attempts to convince us to become atheists? That's a great question, Dave. So when I pray with your question, the insight that I perceived in prayer was the Missionary Charity Sisters. So check this out. In many dioceses throughout the nation, Mother Teresa's nuns have established homes for the poor, the dying, the destitute, whether they have AIDS homes or women's shelters or soup kitchens. I believe in my heart of hearts that if someone is an atheist and they try to convince us to be an atheist, what would work best is introducing them first and foremost to witnesses of the gospel, women religious who are passionately in love with Jesus Christ, who have given up everything to serve Jesus Christ in the most deplorable circumstances, 
why would anyone give up everything to live in a very um, hot or super cold, rundown building, serving people day and night? only because of the love of Jesus Christ. And I think whenever we see the joy that these these sisters have while they're serving the poor and while they're living in conditions that are just very difficult, that can inspire us to begin to to question, like, is there something more? Like, they're witness. So it's the first thing. Second thing is, is rules without relationship lead to rebellion. So if we try to have an intellectual conversation with somebody, it might work. And in some cases, it does work, right, when we try to give people the rules of our faith. However, I would really encourage you to invite that person who is considering to be an atheist or trying to convince others to be an atheist to practice going to Mass for one year straight. Go to Mass every Sunday. Don't go there to criticize. Don't go there to critique. Just go and show up. Pray 15 minutes a day. Every day, put 15 minutes on your calendar to read sacred scripture, to read the word of God, to sit with it and to focus on what it says to you. Just read it and focus on what it says to you for 15 minutes every single day. And then go and visit with the sisters, the missions or charity, if you have in your diocese or some other um, St. Vincent the Paul Society or other outreach of the poorest of the poor. I guarantee you, if somebody is considering to be an atheist um, or trying to promote atheism to other people, if they do this, for one year straight, I'm pretty sure they will not be an atheist after. So uh, that's what I would say, Dave, is go to Mass, pray, even if you don't believe, and serve the poor with Brides of Jesus Christ, the missionaries of charity, and allow their witness to inspire you and them. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about overcoming fear. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we are back. Don't forget, you can send me your questions at my website, www.ascensionpress.com ask. Father Josh, you can also send me a voice note. Um, if you do that, we can play it on future shows as well. And you can stay connected with me um, at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every Sunday at 7 a.m. Central, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. This upcoming Sunday, Father Joseph Foo celebrating that Mass. My associate pastor is doing that. Uh, but you could also check out the books, Broken and Blessed, and Pocket Guide to Adoration. All right, last question comes in from Bernadette Marie, uh, Overcoming Fear. Be not afraid. I go before you always. All right. Hey, Father Josh, thank you for the prayer, time, and effort you put into the podcast. Several months ago, I asked you a question about anxiety, and you answered it on your podcast. You referenced several saints who suffered from anxiety, which has been a great comfort to me. It's helpful to know that the saints have the same problems and difficulties as many of us experience. The question I have for you today is, 
How can we as Catholics help others to have hope during this time of fear and uncertainty? I know several good Catholics who are very fearful of COVID. How can we help to spread hope and not fear? Thanks, Father Josh. May our Blessed Mother continue to keep you close to her immaculate heart. Bernadette Marie. So I think um, this is a good question. I had a conversation with Chica about this particular question. Uh, we were talking about it. Um, we think that it's important to make sure there's a distinction that we're making between fear and being cautious. As a pastor, I've buried people in my parish who've died from the coronavirus. Um, and so the coronavirus is very real. Um, I know people who have it right now. There's currently an outbreak in one of our communities where a number of people have the coronavirus. Some are in the hospital because of it. Some are having mild symptoms. So it is real, right? It is real. So I think that we need to be careful to just be cautious between being afraid and and being imprudent, right? Um, because we really can be carriers of it and affect other people who have underlying symptoms, who might not have the best health, who could then die because we weren't responsible, right? God calls us to be responsible. So we need to take it serious, if not for ourselves, for other people in our community. We are all connected. Um, and so what can we do then to promote hope for people who are experiencing fear in these uncertain times? Well, I think hope comes from Jesus. And so we can obviously share our witness of our relationship with Jesus and share the practices that we do that we find helpful that help us to reorient our attention to Jesus. Because sometimes whenever we are, are living in fear, uh, it's so overwhelming and it's so paralyzing that all we can do is reorient our attention to the crucifix to remember that Jesus Christ did not come here 2,000 years ago so that we would not experience pain or suffering. He came here to suffer with us um, and he came here to teach us how to suffer well. So we might experience the suffering of, of fear. We might experience the suffering of anxiety. And when we do, the Holy Spirit invites us to look at Jesus, to reorient our attention to Jesus. Some practices that you might find helpful um, is by first and foremost paying attention to when does the fear attack you the most? Like when do you feel it the most? What typically precedes it? Is it a certain time of the day? Is it a place? Is it a space? Is it a location? Is it a person? And try to then um, come up with a ritual for that time of the day if it's a similar time of the day whenever fear becomes overwhelming. For some people who experience fear at night, they find the Halo app to be um, particularly helpful. There's a bedtime story time thing with the Halo app. Some people find it helpful to pray the rosary or at least hold the rosary at night to, to have the scent of the uh, what's that? The essential oils, diffuser, smoke going off in your room to help you to, you know, like smell something that smells holy or whatever, um, to play chant, to play the rosary. Like there's different things that different people do. And so I just think it's important for all of us to find out what is our ritual that will help us to focus on Jesus so that Jesus Christ can give us peace. He says, so it's in the gospels, come to me and I will give you rest. Um, for others, it might be um, intentional just relationships, not only with friends, but also with counselors and therapists coming to Jesus in the body of Jesus Christ and people who are equipped to accompany us when we are experiencing overwhelming fear, anxiety, stress, um, or depression. So I just think that it's important for us to find out like what can help me and how can I encourage others to find out what might be able to help them and in their seasons. And, and some people also might need medicine, right? Um, medicine is a good thing. Sirach 38, 
The Bible says it. The foolish person rejects the doctors. And so, yeah, God wants to heal us, but quite often God heals us through nurses and doctors and practitioners. And so uh, I would encourage us to find out, like, what's going to work for us. And sometimes it's all of the above. All of the above is, is cool. So that's what I think. Anyways, let me know what your thoughts are and if you find that helpful. So let's go ahead and pray. And uh, yeah, and I will continue to walk with you toward eternity next week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, uh, first and foremost, I thank you for the gift of that mosquito who kept me up all night because it reminds me of all the parents who have babies who are crying throughout the night and who get no rest. And so thank you for the gift of solidarity with them uh, <laughs> as, as, as simple and as uh, non-serious as that mosquito was, it is a gift to me, Lord Jesus Christ. So I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for our listeners. I ask that you bless them right now, specifically those who are struggling right now with stress, for those who are experiencing loss of loved ones, who are grieving the loss of a relationship. Um, Lord, I ask that you um, fulfill their desires right now. You know their heart. You see them. You know their pain. You know their emotional distress. You know what they're experiencing right now and their thoughts and their feelings and their desires. Lord, just reveal yourself to them in a very powerful way today. Uh, Lord, Holy Spirit, please draw them to the, the Word of God to to be able to hear your voice, um, particularly particularly in the Psalms, Lord, um, for the person right now who's just struggling right now, who's struggling with that loneliness from that grief. So we thank you for your word in advance for the words that you will speak to your beloved. We thank you, we praise you, we love you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so, yeah, I'm about to go celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. <laughs> and then um, I might... I might take a nap today <laughs> at some point. All right. God bless. See you later.